When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. As I said last time, I mean, fi- last time when I finished exploring Fogbore Forest, now I am going to do the adventure called The Beast of Ironfang. The Wine Beast, an ancient horror long ago held in enchanted sleep, has stirred from its involuntary slumber and again roams the forest. The frozen forest and the treacherous slopes of Iron Fang Mountain, seeking to sate its voracious appetite for human flesh. An envoy from the mountain village of Frostline has made a long, dangerous journey to Trithic, in search of someone willing to combat the fearsome creature. That someone is you. A brutal midwinter grips the North Broadlands. Okay, not probably not the best point in the season to release this episode, but it's, it's kind of hard to tell when you have a. There's not really any summer themes. Unless they go to the beach. Yeah, no, you have more, more, you you have more wintery themed episodes than any other season. Because winter's pretty. While resting from the day's events before the fire in Fitrithic's illustrious Pheasant Eye Tavern, the overseer hears someone inquire about your whereabouts at Tavern Keep. When you turn around to discover the source of the inquiry, you behold a tall, grey-haired, thin man, wrapped in a fur cloak, making his way unsteadily across the common room floor towards you. The man is shivering almost uncontrollably, and his grey beard is matted with ice and snow. You invite him to sit by the fire. When he is at last recovered enough to speak comfortably, he addresses you earnestly. The man introduces himself as Ulum, Alwyn. And tells you he has travelled here with great haste from a small village named Frostline that sits a third of the way up Mount Ironfang on the western frontier of Tysa. He tells you that he was instructed to find you at all costs. Your reputation as an adventurer has extended to places as remote as the mountain village he calls home. I must be honest with you, this is no ordinary affair. We seek your services to combat the menace of a creature we know as the Wine Beast. The mention of the name of the famous creature greatly piques your interest. The legend of the Wine Beast is a tale known throughout Tysa, and even in some parts beyond. You believe, like everyone else, the creature was still in a state of magical slumber. Result of a spell placed on its cave almost a century ago by a powerful mage. Now there's an entry for the wine beast. The wine beast. The wine beast is the name given to a strange, 
massive humanoid creature of unknown origin that once roamed and ruled the slopes of Iron Fang Mountain. Some say the creature was a creation of dark magic, left over from the age of autumn blood, but others believe it to be a rare breed of troll, perhaps the last of its species. Whatever its origin, the wine beast invokes terror as few other creatures ever have. The massive bipedal creature was covered from head to toe in a combination of grey stone scales and thick white fur. Its cold black eyes sat just atop a flat, broad, bear-like nose, well rested upon a mouth that was full of sharp, jagged teeth that was nearly a foot wide. Long spikes of bone and ice are said to protrude from the back of the beast, serving as any as protection for anything foolhardy enough or unlucky enough to find itself entangled with it. It has been said the wine beast possessed the strength of two bears and it could run faster than a galloping horse. Having roamed the mountain for centuries, the wine beast was at last defeated when a powerful wizard placed a spell upon its lair, putting the fearsome creature into a deep, perpetual sleep. Okay. So, if it's, if it's been woken up, we're in trouble. Aldwin tells you that the spell had, that had held the beast fast asleep within its lair had either faded or was being broken, as there is no longer the faint greenish glow animating from its cave near Iron Fang's Peak. The beast roams the woods again, howling in the night, slaughtering game. It has once again found a taste for human flesh. Two of our citizens have gone missing, though I hold out all hope for this safe return. Dare shall we say we shall find their bones in its lair. I beseech you, Zoop, return with me to Frostline at once. The council has placed a trust in me to find someone suitably skilled to defeat the menace of the beast, and I pray that you will consider my plea. Now, I could refuse this quest, but that's not what heroes do, so I'm going to agree to return to Frostline at once with Aldo. The journey to Frostline, located a third way up Ironfang Mountain, on Tosa's western frontier, is cold and arduous. Before you reach the mountains, Aldwin is taken ill, likely due to exhaustion from his recent travels, and you leave him behind in the hands of a healer in the village of Falsic, before continuing the remainder of the trek on your own. When at last you arrive in Frostland, you encounter a village in Great turmoil. Your arrival in Frostland is met with a great deal of excitement. The villagers peer out the villagers, and many move out of their homes to take a first hand look at the bold adventure which braids a dangerous, ju- dangerous winter's journey to reach a place now firmly in the grip of terror. You are greeted by the vi- village's chief elder, Vidwing, who serves as head of its council. When you have answered his inquiry about Aldwin, he nods and leads you through the snowy streets to a squat building of wood and stone that serves as the village's meeting house. Thick smoke pours out of the chimney of the meeting house, and you soon find yourself seated 
the table within, enjoying a hot meal of roasted game fowl and a mug of thick, earthy wine. Against all help, Aldwin has succeeded, succeeded to bring you here, Zoop says Ridwing, his, his furrowed brow and tired eyes betraying the toll of recent of toll the recent events have taken on him. We are already in your debt, but there is little time to lose. We have now lost five of our people to the beast. Our mining and woodcutting operations have come to a standstill, for there are few willing to venture outside the village while the while the vine beast prowls the mountain. Bitterin tells you the century-old spell that kept the wine beast in enchanted sleep in his cave atop the mountain was inexplicably broken, rousing the creature from his slumber and leaving it free to roam the mountain in so one so furiously ruled. There was a rather pressing matter, which I was made aware of just prior to your arrival. It seems that a group of our more foolhardy frostline folk, led by the woodsman Jared, have taken it upon themselves to hunt down and slay the beast. It is obvious they do not comprehend the power of the creature they seek. They will surely find death unless they can be brought to their senses. Six of them, including Jurit, entered the forest near nearly an hour ago. It may not be too late to retrieve them, Zoop. I must ask, ask that their safe return be our first order of business. Or I can use divination, maybe get some hints. Failed. Your attempt to gain insight into the fate of the current, the fate and current stance, the hunter party. You can sense nothing. Go into the forest in search of the hunting party. Bridging nods and rises from his seat, meeting with a shoulder cross. When you turn him, you'll go into the forest in search of the hunting party. They'll pay heed to you, no doubt, he says as you depart. Tell them they are needed here, in defence of the village. We'll be content to leave the, leave the monster slaying up to those who are well practised in it. You bid Vindring a farewell, and tell him not to worry. Secretly, you hope you will be able to find the six men before it is too late. For, from all that you know about the wine beast, Jarrett and his band of men would not stand a chance against it. Following the trail of the six men is made easy by the four inches of fresh powder that blanketed the ground before dawn. For nearly a mile, you dog their tracks west into the forest, before the trail abruptly turns north. Another mile passes beneath your feet, and you enter a region of tall hardwoods, broken up by the boulder-strewn hillocks. Not far, not far in amongst the hills, you come upon Jarrett and his band of five men, seated around a campfire, laughing and drinking freshly brewed, brewed palo from heavy earthenware mugs. You approach the men and introduce yourself. Almost at once, you sense a feeling of relief pass over the group. When you tell Jarrett that he, he and his men are needed back in Frostline to voice the village's defences, the experienced husband nods grimly and instructs the five men with him to douse the fire, prepare for the trek back home. Suppose it was a foolish notion to come out here as we did, he says. You'll have everything in hand now, Zoop, I wager. We'll dust a series of angry bellows, followed by a deafening roar, 
suddenly erupt from behind the hillock directly north, cutting off Durant with seconds. The man sprangled to their feet, and their master huntsman draws his sword. Durant tells his men his party returned to Frostnine, and to a man they nod in agreement and set out at once for the village. Then he then turns to you and points in the direction of the hill over which the horrid sounds rose. Quick, let's have ourselves a look, he says. Side by side with Jurid, you mount the hillock. Once at its summit, you crouch down and peer at the forest below. Our horrific scene greets your eyes. From your vantage point, crouched atop the small hillock, you see the carcasses of the two bra- of two brown bears sprawled out on the snow below, their blood turning much of the c- covered ground a dark red. Despite the fact you can make out nothing moving in the forest below, your thoughts turn at once to the wine beast. The wine beast it is, says Jarrett, as if he's ready for. Strange for it to leave those bears lying about like that, though. As hungry as that beast is, there's usually not a scrap of its prey to, to be found. I've heard it's been known to eat the bones at times. A sound on the hillside beneath you, behind you, causes you to instinctively turn your head. Your heart skips a beat, and you spring to your feet, dragging Jared from his prone position as you go. Dwarven's eyes grow wide with fear the sight of what is advancing upon you, up the spine of the hillock. The wine beast, its massive, scale and fur-covered torso swaying atop its thickly muscled legs, bellows bellows loudly as it continues up the hillside towards you. A dozen small, tall spikes of ice and bone protrude from the back of the towering creature. Its fur-covered hands are nearly three times the size of your own, now to the tip of each of his thick fingers extends a broad black claw. The vine beast pauses almost thirty yards from you and roars, exposing a mouthful of sharp, jagged teeth within its gaping maw. A terrifying creature sniffs wildly in the air and bellows once more before resuming his climb. Or slip down the slope towards those bears, and Jerry's voice trembling. And then shoot straight east and lose him in the hills. Don't sense against against him here, Zoop. On his terms, he is death. Without waiting for your response, Tyrant turns and plunges down the back of the hillock, moving as fast as his feet will carry him. You you turn your eyes from the fleeing woodsman back to the wine beast. The fearsome creature is now less than ten yards away. So I can take flight with Jurit immediately, or I can shoot it with my bow, or remain where I am and face the approaching creature. I don't want it to get close, but if I flee, it will chase me. And it may end up back in the village. I can't have that. So I'll shoot it with an arrow. You hurriedly draw your bow and notch an arrow, taking aim at the fearsome creature. Got a bonus of 26 from archery, which is boosted by the Grand Ashen Bow. Got to get 40 or more. Let's just see. Success at 112. 8 XP to archery. 
The wine beast bellows in pain as your arrow strikes it just below its white shoulder. The creature tears the shaft from its flesh, spilling a generous amount of black blood over, over the grey scales and white fur of its torso. Despite the wound, the creature continues in your direction, and Wei's bellows reaching a deafening bellow. You can take flight, or can weigh in where you are and face the approaching creature. Well, it's wounded now, so I might as well take a shot at it. I'm going to face the approaching creature. The wine beast snarls as it advances, its cold black eyes fixed squarely on you. I fight the wine beast. The wine beast swipes at you with his deadly steel card claws. I'm fine. Oh, oh, it's just, it's just ran away. The wine beast has fled from combat. Oh dear. Now it's angry. It's going to so angry. It might just kill for no reason again. The wine beast bellows painfully and staggers backwards. You leap forward to continue assault on the fearsome creature. But it turns and flees into the forest, loping a wand at a pace you cannot possibly match. In less than a minute, the beast beast has disappeared from sight. Decide to make your way back to the village, following Jurat's trail. Reach the bottom of the trail and follow bottom of the hill and follow Jurat's trail as it turns east. Within a few minutes you catch up with him to find the woodsman leading up against a boulder the foot of the steep slope, attempting to catch his breath. Yes, yes, good job I scared that wine beast off. Because if I'd gone with him, he'd have probably ran out of breath before he got away. Perhaps. Probably, I mean, that's a, it's as fast as a horse. If it, it, it can catch you, easy peasy. Unless, of course, you're also on a horse. But we're not on horses, so it can catch us. The only thing we can do is scare it away with our mighty off opposable thumbs and weapons. Thumbs! Yay! You and Jurek return to Frostline without seeing any further sign of the beast. Upon your return, Jurek holds off to find his band of men. Will you make your way to the village meeting house, where an anxious ruined is elated by the news you made it back safely. Vidrin listens as you wait in the details you encounter with the wine beast, and nods as you finish your account. The beast must be slain, he says when you finish speaking. It will continue its wickedness until it claims the entire mounting, and there's no telling how far its terror has spread. You know, you tell you, Zoop, that I fear you shall have to confront it in its lair, its cave atop, cave at the top of the Iron Fang. Iron Fang? What's Iron Fang? Iron Fang Mountain. Iron Fang is the name given to a towering mountain on the western border of Tysa. Mountain is part of the Federal Range. It's given its name because the tall spike of stone and ice and extends into the sky over 100 feet from its summit. Iron Fang is infamous as the mountain where the wine beast roamed. The lair of this dreaded creature is a cave at the summit. Okay. Ooh. 
wonder what happened, geologically speaking, to have a spiky mountain. Uh, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of a vein of the harder, tough rock in the middle of the mountain. Maybe it used to be a volcano. I can imagine you have a some of the volcan volcanic stuff in the middle. You can have a tube with the stuff. It solidifies hard. And then erosion erosion moves away the, the west of it moves away a lot of the lots of the summit leaving this spike there okay that's a possibility now are there any geologists listening or ever listening you can explain the many many ways I'm what Vivian is silent for a moment, and seems to be at loss in thought. At last he looks directly at you and addresses you in the most serious tone. I cannot ask you to undertake an endeavour if it so easily mean meh. Get you brought here, he says grimly. Get you brought here for a reason. My duty of the people of Frosting demands them. Demands that I do. We're forever in your death, Luke. Will you accept this mission and journey to the cave of the beast? Accept... The mission. Vidring meets you in a shoulder cross and leads you over to a log building directly across from the meeting house. There you meet a man named Edmar who bows deeply before you and tells you it is a high honour to meet you. Edmar hands you the elixir of Quebec and wishes you luck on the task ahead. Yay! A Quebec elixir which can completely restore my stamina points. Even if we're just about to enter battle and you can't use regular healing. Or if you've run out of MV or Neville Reserve, or if something is or you know one of those quests that just drains it. I wish we had a dozen of these to give you, says Rudrim. You and he thank Atomar, says Rudrim. You and he thank Meadow. Merely shakes his head and again wishes you luck. When you are at last ready to embark on the very dangerous endeavour, Fridwin leads you to the northern edge of Frostline and into the forest, where a wide track winds slowly up through the snow-blanketed landscape at the summit of Iron Fang. May the old father protect you and see you safely back to us, he says, as you start along the path. After going fifty yards or so, you bank you glance back over your shoulder and behold the stark silhouette of Vidrin set against the snow draped black so draped black drop of the snake. You silently vote hope you will again pass this way. You climb your the climb along the path that winds its way way upwards through the forest frozen forest that covers the spine of Anfang is an arduous one. You find yourself stopping more frequently to regather your strength. The further up the mountain you climb, during one of these stops, you are confronted by something quite unexpected. Now, picking a number from 1 to 100. Hmm. I'm guessing 
what this this num what this num this number chooses what unexpected thing turns up. What will it be? AC five. Having rested the edge of a belt of stunted pines, you're just about to resume your trek to the summit when suddenly a pack of winter wolves looms out of the forest. The eight vicious canines quickly move to encircle you, eager to take down what they consider to be easy prey. They're wrong. You press your back up against one of the pines and prepare to face the intimidating pack. I face eight winter wolves all at once. Bad wolves. You could consider being dogs instead. Alright. This is now time for some very, very heavy petting. It's called, it's, it's translated to killing them. The wolves start as they snap ravenously at you. Woo. One of the wolves clamps its jaws under your leg. Sinking its cruel teeth into your flesh for four damage. Ow! Ow, 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 ow! My leg! My leg! I need that for walking! They keep snapping. They are finally slain. For five XP. The remains of the winter wolf pack lie strewn about the snowy ground at your feet. The vicious canines will never again face another hard winter on Iron Fang. Goodbye. Not quite so good, boys. You're not quite so good. Not quite so good. <laughs> After taking a moment to west following the brutal encounter, you once again set off on your trek to the summit. The range of your journey to the summit of Iron Fang passes without incidents, and it is early afternoon when you first lay your eyes upon the lair of the wine beast. The dark mouth of a cave is set into the base of a sheer tower of rock and ice that extends over a hundred feet into the sky and creates the fang for which the mountain is named. You can see nothing moving in or around the cave, but you're certain you're staring at the entrance of the, of the fearsome creature's abode. Okay. Let's make this more complicated again. Hmm. How did this cave form? And how has it not accidentally caused the spike to fall down? Once again, geology gets weird. After watching the cave mouth for several minutes, you decide to make your way over and enter the cave. Realise that sooner or later, you will need to confront and engage the beast if you are to fulfil your mission. And you are keen on confronting the beast in the light of day, and on your own terms. You reach the mouth of the cave and step inside. Your light source illuminates the interior, and the scene that greets your eyes is entirely unexpected. What could it be? What could it be? On the floor, in the middle of the cave, is the bloodied carcass of a large creature. Move close. As you move closer, you are stunned to discover it's the carcass of the wine beast. Much of the dead creature's torso has been charred. 
and you need to believe that the beast met a fiery end here in its own lair. More puzzling, puzzling still is the fact that it appears that the beast has been dead for several days. Perhaps several weeks. Okay, what has gone on here? What was I fighting? If you're wondering how this came to be, when suddenly a voice wings out from behind, startling you. You turn around slowly. Behold a man in leather breeches, wrapped in a green cloak, emerging from a shadowy corner of the cave. You're far too late to play the role of a conquering hero says the dark-haired young man as he bows before you. The beast, as the mountain folk call it, I've been dead too long weeks. It's woke from its hundred-year nap, a pitiful shadow of its former self, scarred and weak. Two bolts of flame sent it to the grave. That's one more bolt than it would take for you, I'd wager. A low, pulsing hum comes from the back of the cave. You turn to see a swirling back portal slowly taking form against the wall. As quickly as it appears, the portal flickers and swirls from view. Suddenly, you realise the portal you have just witnessed was a shadow path attempting to open. Okay, so the wine beast comes from somewhere deep in the neverness. Yes. It is a shadow path, says the young man contemptuously. What a pl- better place than here, in the lair of the dreaded wine beast, to effect its opening. Who but the foolhardy would choose to venture up this way, with the wine beast foaming free on the mountain? Yeah, admittedly, but if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have turned up. So, you messed up. You messed up, you stupid wizard. You messed up. And you are going to pay the price. That price will probably be decapitation. A glutteral star from the mouth of the cave spins your head in that direction. Yes. Standing in the. Standing dust inside the mouth of the cave is the wine beast, scarcely able to believe your own eyes. You look for the carcass on the cave floor to the hulking creature standing only a few yards from you. You incredulously conclude they are identical. The young man laughs and folds his arm across his chest as he steps back towards the cave wall. The beast wars. begins stalking towards you, its massive clawed hands raising in anticipation of dealing you a death blow. So, I can shoot it with an arrow. I can just fight it. I can use necromancy. Oh, what could I possibly raise? Hmm, here I am, just trapped in a cave with nothing but a corpse of a wine beast. Yes, perhaps. Perhaps I could do something with that. Or maybe there's there's probably other things around too. Hmm. Or I could use telekinesis. Hmm. Which to use? Which to use? I'll use telekinesis. You channel it. Success! 16 XP to telekinesis. Utilising your power telekinesis, 
You focus your mental energy on the heavy slab of ice clinging to the ceiling of the cave and cause it to begin vibrating. Seconds later, just as the approaching beast is passing beneath it, the slab breaks the slab breaks free and crashes down on the unsuspecting creature, crushing it beneath its bulk and killing it instantly. Ooh, that's way more fun than I expected to be. I expected me just to go whoop just throw it against the wall, but no, this this is way more exciting. Yes, I'm using the environment. Suddenly, your eyes are drawn to the remains of the dead beast. A shocking change comes over the form of the fallen beast. The fur, scales, and spikes of bone and ice that cover its torso melt away, revealing the body of a forest troll. Peers at this creature, disguised by magic, was the beast that recently plagued Iron Fang. The young man again emerges from the shadows, but his smug demeanour has been replaced by a crimson scowl, and his hands are now weaved in crimson flame. One beast is as good as the next, sneers the young man. This one's... And this one may certain no one dare venture up this way, except you. No matter, you're about to enjoy a similar end. Without another word, he thrusts his hands at you, and two bolts of flame streak through the air, hurtling straight for your chest. I can use fortification, or I can try and dodge. Fortification it is. Oh, wait. And try it again. Succeeded. The bolts of flame glance harmlessly off the invisible barrier you've erected. The young mage cries out in alarm as you leap forward to attack him. Determined to put an end to here and the wicked business he consults, he conducts here. Yes, he, he's messing with a shadow path. As a rule, nothing good comes out of a shadow path. But you would think you'd you, you would think at least some of the shadow paths would lead to would lead to the realm of to the realm of puppies or. The realm of free cake for everyone. Or the realm of really nice smelling trees. Or the realm of cookies. Or the realm of the realm of rainbows. Yes. Or the realm where the realm where all your gram all the dead grandmas are. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what happens now? The young mage will cause in terror as you launch your attack. He struggles to defend himself as he tries to unleash a magical attack on you. You bravely battle a green-cloaked mage. The mage slashes at you with his dagger. But I cave his head. I cave his head most of the way in with with, with the mace. Yes, yes, he's probably like, like most. He's he's two thirds dead already. He's probably barely conscious now. Just carrying on through sheer momentum and shock. Carry on, yep, and I bash again. Boom! 
Now, I bash through the head. In one other stroke, I bash through the rest of the head. Go down, go down through the neck. And straight to the heart. And then explode it. Right in his body. Something like that. Of course, the game doesn't the game doesn't say that because who could pro who could program that? That would be that would mean you could spend weeks having to do every single battle. No, and most of the stuff no one would ever see. Yeah, not 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 not, not the sort of thing you could do unless it was some sort of wiki-based thing. You've slain him, and he is slain. You quickly searched the mage's remains and discovered the following: a, stu- a sturdy dagger and fifty-two gold tokens. You make a quick search of the cave, but discover nothing of any interest or value. There was no further sign of a shadow path, and the dead mage was attempted to open it. And for that, you are relieved. Confident you have thwarted the evil that young spellcasters thought to craft here. As is the fact that the real wine beast is no more, you feel that your mission has been a resounding success, and you begin at once to once we return Trek to Frostline. Yeah, this... Yeah, yeah, if you try Scooby-Doo plots around here, you get your head caved in. Well, at least he wasn't a crooked real estate agent. (laughs) Unless, on the other side, was the real estate he was crookedly developing. (laughs) Yes, back to Frostline. Night has long since fallen when you at last stride back into the village of Frostline. But you spy a flickering light from the window of the meeting house and step in fine to sign Vidrin busy poring over a sack of documents and several large texts. His eyes light up when you inform him of the success of your mission and he springs from his seat and meets you in a shoulder cross. Beyond all hope, he cries, beyond all hope, I must let the other council members know at once. Frostline called for a hero. And in hero indeed we received. News of your triumphant return spreads throughout the village. And amidst the celebration that goes on into the early hours of the morning, you impart the full details of what occurred atop the mountain to Vidrin and, and the other elders. We were then in even graver danger than we thought. Says Vidrin, upon learning of the mage you encountered and your attempt to open a shadow, and the attempt to open a shadow bath. Come with me, Zoop. There is something I wish you to have. Inside the meeting house, away from the celebration taking place inside Sophie's, Vidrin hands you a leather satchel containing three Quebec elixirs. It's not much, certainly. Not much for you just undertook. But it's all I have to offer. I pray you that it will keep you in fine health. You graciously accept the trio of elixirs, bowing respectfully before the village elder. And these three elixirs 
that make that make me a hundred and three percent encumbered. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sell some stuff after this. The thing is, the only reason I'm picking them up is because it would be rude not to. I'm, I'm breaking the laws of physics because it would be rude not to. I don't even know how I'm carrying all this stuff. I guess I'm just yeah, super strong. The celebration of Frostheim continues to the first light of dawn, after which its hard-working but exhausted citizens return to their daily routines, free from the shadow that has long hung over their home. You bid, you bid the village, and Verdring in particular, farewell before setting out on your way. On your way out of Frostheim, you encounter Udbrin, who is returning home, having having sufficiently recuperated from his fatigue-induced illness. He shakes his head in his amazement to tell him the success of your mission. He thanks you and tells you you've earned a pleasant history of these parts, the second to none. Godspeed and good fortune to you, Soup, he calls after you as you depart. You bid order him a final farewell before descending the stony track that leads out of the village. Alright, 512 experience to general. And that is the end. That's the end of this quest. I think next time, unless something, unless something turns up, or someone has any other suggestions, I will start doing the giant saga in Hawklaw. Because I've left those, I've left them there for long enough. Alright, time to save. As always. And for now, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.